Hello and welcome to another episode of Hour of Healing, where each week we have thought-provoking and life-changing conversations on topics that are engineered to bring us healing no matter what aspect of life we are in. Friends, we got another good one for you today. And joining us again is Reverend Denzel Ajimai Prempe. Friends, if you've been following us, you know he is a friend of the show and has been here by the grace of God, teaching us how music impacts our life in various ways. Again, Reverend Denzel is a pastor and a Ghanaian gospel musician and also the founder of Heartbeat Music. He's a dear friend of the family and he doesn't want me to do a long introduction, so we will end it right there. Reverend Denzel, back to the show once again. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for inviting me. It's always a pleasure to be here and for us to share, and I think that it's a joy for us to learn what God has, um, God has for us, you know, with respect to our lives and what we ought to know. So thank you very much. I, I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. And uh, I know it's a very busy season for you around this time of the year, so we will get right into it so we don't take too much of your time. God but friends, it. we're talking today about compromise compromise uh the good the bad and the ugly you know uh compromise have been defined in various stratospheres as a settlement of differences between two people and whenever i hear the word compromise unfortunately i think about someone letting go of their integrity and being in a position of harm but I don't want us to confuse compromise with sacrifice because I think there is a huge difference between these two words. Whereas compromise always involves two parties, sacrifice usually involves one person always doing or giving up something important to them or valuable to them in order to satisfy another person. But what do I know? Let's get Reverend Denzel on board so that we can start um, getting into all these uh, questions and conversations that we could have day in and day out. So, Reverend Denzel, how would you define compromise for us and let us get into some of the short-term gains of compromise and also the biases that uh, can also be factored in here? Well, I think that, um, well, before I define it, I think that most people... Um associate with a negative connotation of compromise. True. Compromise can also be positive. Mm. Um, mm. And so in the sense that I'll give you an example. If I'm married and my wife um, uh, wants me to wash the plate and I am a typical person who has been trained, you know, how we go about <laughs> things the African way. It's like, there's the woman, you're already laughing. We've not even defined it, you're laughing. It's the, it's the woman that most of the time, you know, we are no, that is known to be washing, you know, doing those things and all that. But then those things tend to, um, you know, bring uh, a lot of intensity at home. And the fact that you're able to, one, forgo what you would call sacrifice, but you're compromising what you know for the promise of a longer lasting marriage. It's also a compromise. So it's a positive compromise. So mm -hmm. I always say to love very well and to love fully, there is something you must almost compromise 
However, that is, that is the positive aspect of compromise. Now, the negative aspect of compromise is when there is a promise over your, over your life and then you forgo that promise to please another person. That's where the negativity of compromise comes in. So I am compromising the promise over my life just so I can please you. Then that is the negative. So it's like I am forgoing my integrity, my principles, just so I can be your friend. I am compromising my principles that I am not mm. sacrificing. That is compromise. So normally compromise has a negative connotation, but I say, so for me, compromise would be either anything that you forgo that can have, uh, that can have some form of uh, effect on you, either negatively or positively. Mm. In the positive sense, sometimes we'll call it a sacrifice. But there are some sac sacrifices to which are deadly sacrifices and not necessarily <laughs> positive. So, so that would be my definition of what I believe compromise is. Anything that can affect you, you know, in other words, um, negatively, which is mostly what we know. Anything that can affect you, it can affect the promise that you hold dear, it can affect your, mm. your principles. That is a compromise. You know, but I like to always put a positive one to it too. So yeah. I'll jumble it there and any people can think into it, you know. It's always absolutely so um compromise is not always a bad thing. I, um I, I, so I, then Reverend Denzel, let's go right with that and say how do we distinguish um between the the compromise uh, compromising in situations where it's for good? I know you gave the example of the marriage, which is very typical. Um, for uh, those of us who grew up in the manly society, uh, we call it. And um, uh, uh, so what are some of the ways uh, that we can distinguish uh, the bad from the good compromise? Anyway, so it's, for me, it's, it's very clear. I mean, um, uh, let, me, let me just use what we've studied in terms of morality, not talk about the Bible yet, you know, but as, mu as much as that is my source and that is my daily principle and guide, I'll say this, anything that would affect your, your moral principles, your spiritual principles of living is negative compromise. Mm -hmm. Anything that would push your moral upbringing and your, and your spiritual upbringing, then I can call it positive compromise. So to distinguish between the two, it's anything that would affect the promise of God over my life is a compromise. Anything that which is negative, anything that would increase the, my understanding of the things of God. So it's also a, pro, a compromise that might be good. For instance, if I let go of a job so I can honor God very well, I am letting go. You can call it sacrifice. But then it's also a compromise, you know. Mm. Yes. So that's those. Those are the one, some of the clear distinctions you can have, and so you can therefore, um, as it were, uh, cascade it into various forms of things in our lives. And so, for instance, I'll give this typical example. Uh, you want to get somewhere in life. You have a friend who has a negative influence, but yet still, because you grew up with the person, you still love the person. Now, the person is involved in negative things and where you want to get to, if you associate yourself with that negative thing, it will affect you. So question is, are you going to compromise your friendship to get there or you are going to compromise where you want to get to to maintain the friendship? Two scenarios. Choose you this day whom you will serve. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think you, you, you make um, mention or you touch on uh, a, a few key principles there. One, that is uh, the, uh, the goals or the priorities of the parties involved. 
Um, and then I, if I'm following correctly, you also talk about matters of ethics and safety and eternal future. Exactly. That if something will enhance your eternal future, then that is a good compromise. Thank you so much for that. Um, by the grace of God, we will be unpacking these two or three principles that you mentioned awesome. as we go through um, uh, this section today. So um, to start with, I would say then um, how does uh, compromise uh, uh, impact one's spiritual and personal identity? How does uh, th that concept of compromising impact us? Thank you very much. The Bible says in Galatians, I'll use Galatians 1.10, it says, Am I now trying to please man? Mm. Or am I now trying to please God? If I'm trying to please man, then I'm not a born servant of Christ. And mm. the Lord is not. So, so it, the, right there, are you going to compromise the promise of God over your life because of pleasing man? Mm. So there, there's a negative there's a negative influence over your spiritual life. Now, to the physical life, anybody you try to please, anybody who does not appreciate you and you go above and beyond, and that's what normally we call sacrifice, but above and beyond to the, to the extent that now you are not paying attention to your family, you are not paying attention to um, the things that, the assignment that has been given to you because you want to please a man. What happens is that you put your trust in that man. Physically, it's, it gets to you. You begin to get drained, depressed, because the person is not appreciating you that way. And then, so that has a, that's a compromise that has a, a negative effect on, your, on you as a person. And then spiritually, too, it ties you down. You know? So what happens is you are replacing the promise of God with the promises of men. Mm. Mm. And so compromise, when you split the two, comes from the word promise. Every compromise takes away a promise. Wow. It's either a negative promise or a positive promise. Mind mm. you, the devil gives promises as much as mm. God gives promises. True. So in True. other words, a man can also give promise and also spiritually you can get promise from um, the spiritual um, realm. In terms, in, with respect to us, when we're serving God, we, have, we know there's a promise. And every promise has a condition attached to it. The gift is free, the grace is free, the mercy is free, but every promise, example, if my people who are called by my name would mm -hmm. humble themselves, then, so it's an if-then clause. The little philosophy that I read will let you know that's what we call conditional clause. So if this happens, then that happens. So in ethics, if you go by these principles, you achieve this. As in the medical field, if you follow these things, you are able to tell the symptoms and you're able to prescribe a drug and you're able once you miss once you compromise the symptoms you prescribe the wrong drugs and then you probably would exacerbate the issue that the person came with you with you know and so it's anything and everything we do in life has a promise attached to it mm. the question is do you want to get to the end of the promise or you want to compromise mm. Mm. And mm. so that's 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 how how it has an adverse effect on us as human beings and in our spiritual life and in our physical life. And I like to cite the example always of, of relationships. If I want to, if I want to um, keep my home, you know, God has given us principles of which we can keep our home. And even morally, you know there's a way to keep your home. Mm. You don't, you, even if you are not a believer or a Christian, you know that there are certain things I, cannot, I can't do and certain things I cannot to do. And if I do these things, I know I'll have this peace of mind. If I don't do these things, I'll, you know. So, so 
question is, what are you willing to, in quotes, sacrifice for the promise? What are you willing to compromise to lose the promise? Mm. So, mm. Yeah. And I, I know we've, uh, we've mentioned the word compromise and sacrifice a lot um, so far in our conversation. So I, I will um, try in my uh, small knowledge to distinguish that in simple terms for our listeners. Uh, because to me, like I said in the beginning, when we talk about sacrifice, um, you are meeting the person all the way. You're going the whole way to meet someone or to be at, at the expense of someone. Whereas in compromise, I see it more as there is a middle ground where you are. And I think that is where it, get, it gets tricky because in compromise, um, most of the time, in my humble opinion, that is, it doesn't always start with giving up everything right away. Mm. It starts with giving up little things or small steps that mm. eventually leads to letting go the entire promise. Mm. And so, um, I, I Reverend Denzel, as you saying, what I was thinking about is, if as we sit in here, someone comes to us and say, hey, give me um, your integrity or give me your entire being, as you were talking about family or keeping the home, for instance. If someone comes and say, hey, give me your marriage and I will give you $10,000, you're going to say, absolutely not. But then, what if that person comes and say, hey, uh, let's keep in touch. Let's start talking frequently. And so... You start with text messages, and then it becomes late-night calls, and then it becomes a, a longer video calls. And so by the time you realize you've drifted away, as you were saying, you've given up on the promise completely. But I think compromise becomes very tricky for us these days because everybody wants to give up something. But like you asked, what are you giving up yes. in order to keep the promise. So I think that is very powerful. But if I was... Um... Let, me, let me add a little bit. The truth, the real truth, if you look at the two definitions, compromise has got to do with the moral, morality and human beings and how we relate. Sacrifice has really got to do with the divine. Offering, offering animals or something in a religious setting. So when it always comes to sacrifice, we have in modern day used the word such that it's been watered down to be to look like it's compromise giving up something for mm. another that's compromise mm. but mm. then sacrificing and offering a life or something as it were of worth to please a deity that is sacrifice mm. Mm. True. so unfortunately we have used this word in our words uh, in our daily activities that it's become similarly the same but that's not if you look at the etymology of the word sacrifice sacrifice mm. has got to do with it is like offering, as it were, um, animals or plants or something to please a deity, mm -hmm. you know. And then compromise has got to do with forgoing a certain principle. So going the long way and extra miles, I'm compromising. I'm, I'm not necessarily sacrificing because I'm not offering my life. Mm -hmm. So in our state, if in our, in our state as human beings, if I go and put my life, under the guillotine so that you can go free, then I have sacrificed myself. Correct. Because I'm offering myself as a sacrifice. Yes. But however, you can transpose compromise into a religious life. But you cannot necessarily transpose sacrifice. But then 
because the concept means the same as foregoing something, it mm. makes sense. I mean, mm. if you can pull up a dictionary now and try and look up the word sacrifice, it will let you know. And you realize that it's, 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 it's got everything to do with, you know. So and again, as much as we are using the concept of foregoing something for sacrifice has to do with deity, where compromise has to do with relationships. So um, according to, and I, I'm reading from the Webster Dictionary, uh, it says um, sacrifice is the act of offering to a deity something precious. And um, uh, the second definition there, it says that it's uh, the distraction or surrender of something for the sake of something else. Um, those are the two. Um, so, so the main. second part. So when you get through all the dictionaries and you really look at the etymology of the word, it's a deity thing. But again, the second definition makes you know we've transposed that concept of giving Correct. up something for another. And if Correct. you look at the word um, compromise, if you can pull that up too, because yeah, I want absolutely. us to get this so that we can, we can, as it were, make some, you know, some statements so that people understand where we are coming from. So they don't say, hey, these people are getting the concept wrong. We understand, but we're letting you know the transposition that we have made as we the Gen Zs. Don't be fooled by this gray hair. Uh, we the Gen <laughs> Zs. <laughs> How we have transposed some of the words. So compromise, what does compromise say? Yeah, so um, in the Webster, um, uh, compromise is settlement of differences by arbitration or by consent reached by mutual concession mutual. or something intermediate between or blending qualities of two different things. So t between two... Bl Blending qualities of two different things. So definitely what is happening is this is different. This is different. Okay, where do we come to a middle ground? So we Correct. are compromising to come to an agreement. That's compromise. Correct. That's why I use the marriage example. But when it comes to sacrifice, it is I'm giving up something totally for another thing. So for Absolutely. instance, if I give up being a, 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 a vegetarian because I'm going to get married to someone who is not a vegetarian, so now I'm going to start eating meat i have totally given up i've sacrificed my non-eating of meat by the way for one who is eating meat because i love the person so there i have sacrificed i've not compromised correct now correct. when i compromise yes when i compromise is where the person who eats who 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 only eats um, um veggies and the other one I eat veggies. I'm a vegetarian. The other one says I eat only. I'm a carnivorous person. I don't even like. I don't even like vegetables. I eat only meat. Now we say okay because we love each other. Eat a little bit of my leaves or my vegetables and the meat, and I'll eat a little bit of your meat and your vegetables. So we are both doing the same thing because we want to come to an agreement. That is a Correct. compromise. Correct. So now at the end of the day, a compromise brings equal terms. So what is happening is you are eating both meat and vegetables. I'm eating both meat and vegetable. We were not eating. I was eating only vegetables and you were eating only meat. But now we are both eating the same thing because we love each other. The love mm. becomes the key factor of the compromise. And the giving up to embrace something is what is a sacrifice. But when it becomes one party just for going. I love you. And if you love me and you also love me, then you are saying, okay, you, I'm not ready to give up my meat. You give up your vegetables and come and follow my meat eating because you love me. Then if I do that, I have sacrificed my vegetable eating for meat eating because the key thing that coerced me or, or as it were, confronted me was love. And most of the times that's what happens when it comes to sacrifice and compromise. It's always 
what I want and what she wants or what they want, what we all want. And so once we come to an agreement, we've compromised. If we don't come to an agreement and one person leaves the other and comes to, then he has sacrificed. Yeah, so uh, thank you so much for um, elaborating on that because I think those are very, very key to our conversations and helping our listeners be able to follow where we're going. Um, So uh, I I think the last bit that that you talked about, you kind of, in a way, um, uh, talked about when compromise goes too far. Um, I I think one of the things I got from it is that... um, as we are talking about, it can start with a good intent, but then it can go too far. And so I think it's very important uh, that uh, um, as individuals in a relationship, not we're not talking about sensual or marital relationships per se, but in a relationship relating to one another as individuals, we always have to reevaluate the reason or the purpose for why a compromise was struck in the first place because if we don't evaluate then in your example if we both decide okay i'm going to eat a little bit of meat you're going to eat a little bit of veggies and then i don't occasionally or or frequently re-evaluate that agreement before you know it I had forgone completely eating vegetables and all I'm doing is eating meat. And at that time, based on uh, what uh, Reverend Denzel is helping us to understand, it's no longer a compromise because you have given up entirely on what made you. And now you are sacrificing, which is not or which was not the intent of the agreement or the partnership. So I think evaluating and adjusting is very, very important. But um, my question then, um, Reverend, uh, is that is there or are there alternatives to compromise that can be more effective in certain situations? Because uh, as you helping us understand, um, it's very necessary for us to be able to compromise uh, in certain situations because there is a good way to compromise uh, as in marriages. And then there's a bad way. So are there situations where an alternative to compromise can be or will be more effective? Well, if, if first of all, life is full of compromises. Any day, every day we wake up, we are compromising something for the other. Correct. When God, by God's grace, I wake up and I decide that I'm going to get up from bed. I'm compromising staying on the bed. To go to work. <laughs> you know, as many people, are, that's why we have people who are lazy. They would. They don't want to do anything, you know, and so when you when you say a better way to compromise, and um, the only thing I I would ask is uh, what again you mentioned you made mention of reevaluate, and that brings me to the the point of motive. It is your motive that 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 informs you as to what you want to do. <laughs> so 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 the, I think that how if I understand it, how I phrase it is, what are the the best ways to be able to arrive at a compromise if i if i get that way and i think that that will be that will be one communication is key having constant communication Mm. you know um, not holding back and your your thoughts especially when you don't have an understanding of something and probably you misinterpret i'll give you an example like for instance um 
some time ago, you know, when I was a little younger, um, um, you know, uh, and I, uh, in my married, my marital state, <laughs> I, you know, you know, uh, you, you wake up and, you know, you, you sense that, uh, your wife is not really happy. She's doing, she's going about it. As much as she's going about her duties, probably, you know, she walks a little bit, then she'll close the door and it becomes a loud noise. And it's like, you're asleep. You're like, ah, so what is going on here? And so you wake up and you're like, babe, are you, are you okay? Is everything okay? It's like, yeah, everything is okay. But you can't say that. No, this is, this is something wrong. <laughs> the, the thing you can, so question, if the other party is not communicating what is, um, I said question, a statement here, if the person is not communicating what is going on, but you have noticed it, the extent to which you go to try and unravel what is going on, mm. you can term it anything, but whether it's investigative or it is sacrifice, the thing is that you want to come to a peace of mind. You want to come to mm. a place where that thing that is troubling you is not there so there you are making a compromise on your bed because somebody will say you know what okay if i've asked you if everything goes again i'm not talking about it then okay that's okay then that's it <laughs> but the fact that you are persistently consistently asking so i'll give you one of those scenarios that happens and i'm asking oh they say everything's okay yeah i'm okay then once you know that answer comes yes i'm okay you know that mm, no this is not this i'm okay is not oh yeah i'm okay there's really nothing wrong there are two different things Correct. Are you okay? Oh, I'm okay. Oh, no, no. That means I'm okay, but I'm not okay. <laughs> if you decide to ignore that communication sign right there, beloved in the Lord and brethren who are listening to me, you will find yourself in deep troubles. But once you identify that and you are able to communicate it out in your brain that there's something not going on well, now the honors lies on you to say, I'm going to persist to get her to speak or him to speak. Mm. Once you get the person to speak and the person um, brings out his issue or her issue and you say, oh, I'm sorry. This is not, that's not how I saw it. Okay, then this, you have spoken about it. You've come to an agreement. So communication is key right there. You have compromised your ego, which would have said, I have asked you and I asked you once, twice. You didn't say anything. Okay. That is a compromise. You have not sacrificed. You have compromised mm. because you want mm. peace. And for those of you who are married, you understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> because you want the peace, and sometimes you crack jokes about the situation so that you can have the peace. It's all in communications. And it's all in communication. The kind of communication you have and the way you go about things, the when, the how, and, and where you say it has a very, very important role in play when it comes to compromise and also when it comes to you know arbitration and solving issues because anytime you don't come to an agreement which is a compromise there's always conflict mm. so compromise is one is the bedrock of making sure that conflict does not escalate mm. so immediately we can't come to an agreement that's why in the definition it talks about arbitration arbitration is talking between two parties to come to an agreement immediately there's no agreement there's no compromise for instance, in a divorce, they go to a divorce court, they sit down, they talk about it and say, oh, you give me the car, you give me the car keys, you give me the chopsticks, I want this. At the end of the day, what are they doing? They are coming to an agreement. They are making mm -hmm. compromises so that each one of them can have their peace of mind. If both of them had communicated what they were going through 
they will probably not be sitting in a divorce court and saying, give me the chopsticks and give me the khaki. Communication, <laughs> one of the most powerful. And then motive of doing something affects your compromise. Correct. Your motive. For instance, if I know I'm married to a lady who is earning billions of dollars, wow. and one day he, she just says something I don't like, immediately I go to the law court and say, he abused, you know, here they can, in where we, where we are in this part of the world, they can use any phrase. He, she abused me verbally, and uh, because of that, I want, I'm, I'm going away, and I want the settlement. And the settlement, I want that house. And the, your motive has always been to get that thing which you want. You probably never came into that. But at the end of the day, your motive is affecting what you want to do and is bringing a compromise. So my mindset can, can push me into doing things. And then when it pushes me into doing things, we have to come to a compromise so that you can appease me. So compromise has, has to do with appeasing somebody. So I, I believe that the scenarios are always different. So I cannot say that um, there's a better way of compromise. But the only thing I can say is that communication is very important when it comes to reaching an agreement. Yes. Yeah, so uh, thank you so much for that. Um, I, I think um, right in there you um, basically um, did uh, it, it show us that a compromise actually can be a valuable skill um, that we need to pursue or one can uh, pursue but I, I guess what i was trying to get at with the question is that uh, whenever we talk about an agreement there is an inherent risk that uh, the parties take so um I, I guess the question then is how do you as a person or how does one assess this inherent risk in the agreement that you're doing in order to know if there is a better way to uh, get to that agreement. So well, that was funny. really what that's the question was man, about. That's a good question. Then that's where, that's where self-preservation comes in. Correct. At mm -hmm. the end of the day, everybody goes into an assessment or an, uh, into an agreement because it will benefit both parties. Correct. Now, when, there is a, when there's, uh, there's, there's a breaking of an agreement... Or as it were, when it comes to the fact that we have to, we have to, we have to evoke, and revoke and invoke <laughs> the the contractual terms of the agreement, then it means somebody has broken the rule or broken the agreement. Aha! So how do you assess the risk as a person? If I'm driving at fifty kilometers per hour, or fifty miles per hour. And I know that I'm supposed to drive 35 miles per hour. What is the risk associated with it? Being stopped tickets. by the police <laughs> and given a ticket. Now, the question is, how are you going to approach the risk? It's either you go by the rules by driving the speed limit or go in excess and get the speed ticket. So it's either speed limit for speed ticket or and then... Once you are probably arrested by the police or stopped by the police, now you have two things. Pay the fine, which is a compromise because you are accepting that I am guilty. You get some points on your license. Your insurance premium goes up. Or you go to court and go and defend yourself. Question is, how do you assess the risk? When it's going to affect you in a way that is not going to be good for you, that is risk and in risk itself 
when you do a little bit of risk management, we call something positive risk and negative risk. So mm. huge risk, and so you learn about risk. Luckily, I, I studied small in that area, so I, I have small understanding of that. So that's why we have risk managers in corporate institution or right. even in in hospitals or in architecture anytime they're going to come out with a building and you know with my little project management background we assess the risk to know whether the venture we are going in will be profitable correct so the question is if the compromise will not be profitable to you then you know it's risky that's how you assess the risk and again that's that's why i said sometimes it brings out the selfish nature of man when you begin to ass assess the, the risk associated with the compromise, it can either make you selfless or selfish. Mm. Mm. So it's either I'm going to embrace the risk, no matter what it is, because I want to probably let this person get to know that we love the person. Or I am not going to, I'll give you an example. I go into the den of heroin shooters. And there's one particular person who is there who I, I, I love and I don't want the person to be there. Because of that, I go and sit amongst the heroin shooters and I'm advising him in the midst of heroin shooters. But I'm coming from a place where when I was coming from home, I was probably fighting with my spouse. So already my mind is not at the right place because my spouse is probably saying, why are you going to the heroin shooters den? Because you know that place is a dangerous place. And you're like, but that is a friend of mine. I love this person and I don't want to go. Then I go and sit there. Already I'm going there with my problem mm. to try and solve a problem. And in trying to solve the problem, the person sees that, ah, but you are coming, you are troubled. Yeah, isn't it my wife? I came that I was coming to, you know, talk to you. And went, oh, don't worry. Take some of the heroin and shoot. <laughs> so... So you have just compromised, you know, your safety because you wanted to also win somebody from there. Did you assess the risk? That's the question. So the thing is, was it profitable or it wasn't profitable? And most of the times we don't ask when it comes to life and when it comes to relationships, we normally don't assess risk because we... Every, anybody who goes into a relationship with a head first is really not in the game of wanting to be vulnerable to love. I don't think that, I don't think that you, you, met your, you, went, you went to marry your wife because you knew that when you give birth, your babies will look good. No, you were only, at that point in time, you were probably <laughs> thinking about your emotions, how you were feeling about her. Actually, when I saw this lady, she was brightening in my eyes. Look at how beautiful she is. So... At that point in time, you, you didn't assess the risk that one day, when she probably gets mad at you, she would open her mouth and diss you. Or when you get mad at her, you also open your mouth and diss her. You didn't assess that risk. So the thing is, when it comes to relationship, it's very difficult to assess risks. But when it comes to anything that has to do with monetary value, oh, it is easy to assess risk. <laughs> mm. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Because yeah. if I am going to work for a company, and I'm going to work nine to five. And I know this is my value. And they are paying me this amount. I know that I'm undervalued. Number one, maybe the house mm. I live in, the mortgage I pay, if I divide the salary they are going to give me, it won't even take care of grocery and, 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 and you know, uh, mortgage and all those things. Mm. That is a risk you have to assess because there's monetary value placed on it. So most of the times, Things which are without monetary value is very difficult to assess its risk.
But things with monetary value is very easy to assess risk. Yeah. The time, <laughs> the time value of money. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for uh, that, um, uh, Reverend Denzel. Um, but I, I will push um, it a little further because we ask the tough <laughs> questions here because this is our appealing. Because I, I think you are 100% right that things that don't have monetary value, um, it's very difficult to assess the risk. And so what ends up happening is that most of us don't assess the risk. In marriage, for instance, we, we, you talked about following just the emotions. But I truly believe that um, those things that don't have monetary value also certainly need to be thoroughly assessed before we get into it. Um, I and I think that is the problem or part of the problem that most of our generation uh, face now, that mm. we get into situations, we get into business, we get into partnership um, that doesn't in involve money. And we say, oh, I trust this person. I feel good about this person. And so we jump into it. And uh, it goes to what you were saying, for instance, that you did not take the time to assess the risk. Hello, dear listeners. You are following this conversation. I don't know about you, my friends, but I am excited because the foundations have been laid and we are ready to take flight on this conversation. Compromise, not sacrifice. Remember, friends, that whenever we talk about compromise, we are shedding light on the agreement or the arbitration that happens through two parties in order to take them to the next level. We are going to end the part one of our conversation this week here. And by God's grace, we will be bringing you the concluding part of this conversation next week. Friends, you don't want to miss it because, like I said, we are taking flight. God bless you so much, and we will see you same time next week. Bye-bye.